Welcome to the Intuitive Therapist Podcast with Janice R. Cohen, therapist, clairvoyant, empath, and medium. Listen in as she takes a no-nonsense deep dive into real human struggles and how to resolve them. Janice will share channeled information from her spirit guide team, as well as the angels and archangels, to help you master your emotional, physical, financial, and spiritual destiny. And now, Janice R. Cohen. Hey y'all, this is Janice Cohen, the intuitive therapist here on the Intuitive Therapist Podcast. I don't know about you, but addiction runs way, way, way back in my family. And I have an addictive personality, having smoked on and off since I was 12 years old. When I stole my father's cigarettes, he used to smoke the menthol cool ones, the cool menthol ones. And my friend and I ran into the woods on a family vacation and tried to smoke them. We were not successful. In fact, I like coughed and coughed and coughed. But later, I surely was. I was addicted to cigarettes almost my entire life. Smoking, then quitting, then picking up the dependency again and again. And it wasn't until a light bulb went off in 2014 that finally I was able to kick the habit. For decades, I had let my addiction run my life, and I literally built my life around it, smoking. I had this process that I would go through when I smoked. And those of you who are addicts, even recovering addicts, you have your process. But even in my mid-30s, when I was running every day, I'd smoke before and I'd smoke after. How messed up is that? I hated the smell. I hated the smell on me, my hair, my hands, my breath, and the wheezing. My chest would whistle every time I took a breath in. And it was so embarrassing because I felt like it was a dead giveaway. But I couldn't quit. Why? Why couldn't I quit? And we all know that no matter how many people tell you how bad anything is for you, uh, and that you're killing yourself every time you light up or eat that extra piece of cake or do whatever, take that extra drink, you don't give a shit. No one can make an addict stop using until they choose to quit and face their demons. It's a harrowing journey giving your power away to something outside of yourself and that you keep punishing yourself. You're literally paying to kill yourself. But so many of us do it. Why? Why do we stay addicted to what we know is unhealthy for us in any part of our life? And I'm not just talking about things like substances. I'm talking about why do we stay addicted to thoughts, to behaviors, to actions that don't serve us. Truth is that addiction, yes, without a doubt, it can be physical, but more so it's psychological and emotional. That's the basis of it. We try to gain a sense of feeling of something by using something or behaving in a particular way or thinking particular things. You listeners aren't aware of this truth aren't unaware of the truth, but some people might need to hear this to understand why they or somebody they love uh, is stuck in an addiction and can't get out of it. Yes, our bodies become dependent on the substance 
or the behavior that we choose to abuse. But in truth, we become addicted because we haven't faced certain truths about ourselves, mainly that we feel helpless to feel better about some part of our lives, and even more so about who we are in our own life. And yes, families pass down addictions genetically that is proven is true. We can be predisposed to them. But more than that, as kids, when we see our family members use or practice certain behaviors, then we learn that it's okay. On some level, we learn that it's okay because we see other people doing it, even though we know it's not healthy. If we grow up to realize that it isn't healthy, when we see others using in our lives use, then on some level, right, um, even though we know it's unhealthy, like I said, it becomes an option for us unless we try other things to impact our mood. So how did I quit? I'll never forget that moment in all honesty. I was standing in my living room next to my couch. And as I typically did during commercials on TV, I'd walk out to the porch, light up a couple of cigarettes, deeply breathe in the cancerous smoke and find myself becoming relaxed. I felt grounded again. And then it hit me. I've been smoking all of my life because I didn't know how to manage my nervous thoughts around my personal power. I didn't know how to calm myself effectively. That day in 2014, I told myself that I will no longer be a slave to this disgusting habit and that I was going to deal with my shit head on. I didn't know what it was, but I knew that whatever I was smoking away or inhaling into my lungs, killing me every day, I had to figure it out. I was done smoking. I finished that pack. It was noon on a Thursday. I'll never forget this. And I finished that pack of cigarettes and I never bought another one. I was on the road to true redemption, self-redemption, and healing. And I always wondered if I could get triggered again at some point to smoke. And I thought, surely, if one of my parents or sibling dies, I would be in such dire straits that I would resort to that one once very familiar habit. Four years ago, my dad passed. And I wasn't triggered to smoke. Not one bit. I was shocked. Trust me. I used alcohol for a little bit. Uh, I mean, that's not a shocker. Uh, but my issue isn't with alcohol. It's with nicotine. But I never picked up one cigarette. And I didn't have a desire to smoke. Why was that? I'd done the work. I had gotten right with myself prior to this. I learned what triggered me, and I learned how to effectively cope with those triggers rather than reach for a cigarette to connect more deeply to myself in such a fucked up, weird way. You see, when you smoke, you give yourself the opportunity to breathe in deeply, except that you're breathing in something poisonous as you get in touch with yourself and your body. Sounds really weird doesn't it? But that's what we're doing. We're finding a way to connect with ourselves, to ground in our bodies when we haven't figured out any other way to do that that's at least healthy. And of course, when people use 
substances that alter their minds, they're terrified of facing what's underneath. They're terrified of looking at all the ways that they believe they have fucked up, all the ways they've uh, made mistakes, poor choices, all the ways they've lied to themselves, right? All of those things. So we numb ourselves and we find reprieve for a moment and then we practice more self-loathing because we did that. And it's a never ending cycle. I know so many people who cannot escape the addiction. They're terrified of looking at themselves because they feel shame. So we're finding ways to connect ourselves when we use, to ground in our bodies when we haven't figured out any other way to do that that's healthy. So I decided that when I felt out of control and in need of creating emotional stability for myself, that instead of reaching for a cigarette to be the way of deep breathing, that I bypassed that poison. And I just went straight to the deep breathing itself. I gave it a try. And within a few moments, actually, just a few breaths, a really deep, slow breathing, I got calm. And I became aware of the thoughts that I was having, the beliefs that I was having about myself and my life. And then I would process them. I would under, try to understand what the trigger was. I would process them, make a different choice and a new commitment to myself, and I would move on. And each time I did this, I felt victorious. And the topic of this episode today is about other kinds of sobriety, the kinds that don't come from using substances. Let me share with you what I mean. So rather, these types of sobriety come from our mental and emotional addictions, how we think, what emotions we hold on to, and how we view ourselves and our world. Have you ever found yourself stuck in your thinking or your heels are dug in deep in a belief that makes you feel like crap? I mean, really stuck, obsessively stuck, unable to rid your mind of these unhealthy thoughts and limiting beliefs? Remember when I told you about how I had an aha moment and realized that my addiction truly stemmed from my inability to process and work through anxious thoughts and low self-worth? Well, when we practice emotional addiction, which is a real thing, y'all, so look at your life, see where you're practicing this. When we practice emotional addiction, we're literally allowing poison to enter our minds and impact every single part of our lives. The nasty thing about this type of addiction is that most often we don't even know we're hurting ourselves in the process. It's kind of elusive, mysterious. But the thing is, it's so automatic that we actually believe every single thought we have and we believe every belief we have. But the beliefs are illusions, especially if they make us feel bad. So when you rid yourself of toxic thoughts and beliefs, which you can, I've talked about this before, how to really understand what's 
what's underlying a belief that you have, to really look at what you believe, to understand the story behind the belief, and then to change it, to adopt a new one. This is not some bullshit, oh, just say a nice mantra. No, this is the work. You look at the belief. For example, my belief back then was, I don't have control over my life. I feel out of control. And so I would ask myself, well, is that thought 100% true? Is it absolutely 100% true all the time? Is it absolutely true? And the answer is almost always no. 99.99% of the time, the beliefs we have that undermine us are not true. And so I'd say, okay, universe, show me, help me see something different. What do I need to know? And then I would write it out. And then I would ask for a new belief that I could really get behind. So I would rid myself of these toxic beliefs and thoughts, and I'd let them go so that I could invite peace into my life and that I could automatically experience tranquility. And trust me, when you do this process, it has a ripple effect in your life. When you rid yourself of self-contempt, of self-anger, of self-loathing, self-hostility, jealousy, greed, or whatever thoughts bind you to your negative, negative emotional state. Trust me, clarity comes. Resolution to challenges come fast and furious. You put down the backpack of shame and pain that you've been carrying around, and you become lighter because you're dealing with your demons. The work you need to do is clearing out the toxic parts of yourself in your mind, the mind clutter, the shadow parts, so that you can elevate yourself and see the higher purpose, path, and reasoning about why your life is the way it is. And once you see that, then you can feel powerful because you can make changes. When you believe you can't see what to do to change your life, to make it the way you want to have it be, then all you do is get deeper and deeper uh, in the quicksand of your life. So when you align yourself with what your higher self and your guide team have really been trying to help you do, which means to really see your life in the possibilities of what it could become, then you could become the best version of yourself. And that is our job, to see what's possible. We're not meant to focus on our mistakes. We're not meant to focus on how we failed. We have to use those parts, right, to step into the new level of who we are. But we are not meant to focus on them. When you emulate the energy of alignment, of peace, of calm, of not letting pain, anger, or upset take up space in your mind, when you say, these things are toxic to me. I will not allow myself to stay in pain, to harbor anger, and to be upset for longer than the moment I recognize that I feel those things. Then you literally send an energetic message, a current, out to the entire world, creating ripples of peace and calm in your life. And anyone who you're connected with is going to feel that especially those who you've spent so much time being pissed off at or truly hurt by. 
they'll have an opportunity to match your vibration and elevate naturally if they choose to do so because of the soul bond that you have with them. Doing your shadow work and cleansing yourself of whatever is dysfunctional, corrosive, allows you to become an alchemist in your life where you can turn shit into gold. It allows you to create tranquility in your life because you've learned to respect and honor yourself by not choosing to hold on to anger, resentment, grief, contempt, and betrayal. That's a choice. Trust me, I know, especially when it comes to grief, you experience the waves, and at some point, the waves get softer and softer and smaller and smaller and fewer and fewer. You give yourself the chance to totally reconfigure your, yourself energetically and become healthier emotionally, psychologically, spiritually, and physically. Every part of your life benefits from your shadow work and letting go of what doesn't serve you. Every choice you make to do that will help up-level your life even more. You give yourself a second chance to have a really good life, and don't we all want that? You get to give that to yourself, because nobody else will give that to you. And I hope you choose to do that. The life you save might be your own by changing. And to those ladies who are ready to make a change like this, where you look at your life and you say, you know what, I'm tired of living the way that I'm living. I want more for my life. I want to know where I'm going. I want to finally lean into what lights me up. If you're looking to fully align with your true path and purpose and experience unlimited peace and infinite possibility in your life, I have a program for you and I've talked about it. It's called Aligned and it's coming some point in the fall. You see, women ask me all the time how I found my true purpose, how I have overcome so many obstacles and aligned with true fulfillment. And ladies, I figured it out. I figured out the practices, strategies, and secrets to doing just that. And I want to share them with you in my new program called Aligned. So, like I said, I'm going to um, select a small group of women who really are ready to actually align fully with their true path and purpose. And if you are somebody who's done with the struggle, right? and you want to maximize, monetize, and revolutionize your life and feel fully you, do two things. Send me a direct message, private message on Facebook saying, I want on the wait list, okay? Then what I want you to do is hop on my website, JaniceRCohen.com, J-A-N-I-S-R-C-O-H-E-N.com. Hop over to my website, Get the free report called The Five Pillars That Will Revolutionize Your Life. Enter your name and email, and you're going to be on the wait list. That's how easy it is. And that will allow me to send you updates uh, about new programs, classes, all of that. I hope today was helpful. I hope you realize how powerful you are to change your life. And any of you who are struggling in any way with any addiction, whether it's an eating disorder, a substance disorder, an emotional challenge, you do have the power to change. You gotta get back away from this sense of shame and sadness and powerlessness 
and make a different choice just moment to moment. That's all that is required to recover from addiction, moment to moment. And then the moments get longer and then they get longer. And the more, the more time away you have from practicing the addictive behavior, the more successful you will be. And for those of you who are struggling, I send you love. I know what's going, what you're going through. But I can't wait to help you ladies who are ready to align with your truth. I wish you a blessed day, a wonderful week, and as always, live intuitively. Thanks for listening to The Intuitive Therapist. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give us is to share this podcast with a friend. And be sure to give us some stars and a favorable review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in.